you're there also, you're here also. <laughs> Isn't it this very moment so magical? Such a beautiful sky. God's very special angels playing out there. In fact, you should know that how this whole concept of Prem Satchitananda evolved. See, I was a software consultant. Nothing mattered to me more than money. In every way, I had to get rich. And there was this lady in 1994, unable to handle the emotions of her marriage. She jumped from the terrace of a building and ended her life. Somehow that incident shook me by my roots. I asked myself this question, what is the use of an education system which did not teach a human being how to live life? She was a postgraduate beard. If a postgraduate beard did not know how to live life, then what have we done as educators? But something within me said, everybody knows what is wrong. Do you have a solution? If you have a solution, do it. Otherwise, simply shut up and continue to make money. Any thermometer can show there is fever. It needs a doctor to cure the fever. Do you have a solution? And as a solution to that only, gave up everything and started on February 14, 1995, Alma Mater. My initial training was all infusing confidence into people, courage into people. They have to be leaders, communicators. They should be bold to face life. That was the entire training. See, when I started Alma Mater, I won't say I was an atheist, but it didn't matter to me whether God is there or not. See, I'm a person who does my own work. I only carry my box. I'll only wash my plate. I like to do my work. I don't like anybody doing my work. I like to do my own work. I don't want to waste another human being with work which I can do it myself. I was like that. So to me, my relationship with God was also like that. He's already created you as a human being, the greatest of all the creations, given you intelligence, given you everything. Now for everything, don't trouble him. Let him take care of others, you take care of yourself. So that was my relationship with him. So not much of spirituality, not much of love, happiness. It was all about how to face life. That was the part of the entire teaching. Because at that stage, there was only one resolve in me. Another human being in my vicinity should not embrace premature death. I will teach them life is an alternative, death is not. So after I have done this training for several months, I used to live in a rented house. And I have this house owner's grandson by name Abhinand, who was four years old. One of those little ones. So the house owner asked me, can you take Abhinand to buy ice cream for him. He thought if I say no, he will increase the rent. So I said, oh, okay, I'll take him. So as me and Abhinand were walking towards the ice cream parlor, suddenly, you know these children, for what they laugh, what they cry, only they know. So Abhinand laughed out loud. So I immediately asked Abhinand, Abhinand, why did you laugh? And the four-year-old asked me in return, uncle, do I need a reason to be happy? 
In fact, everything about my teaching changed as an answer to that question, do I need a reason to be happy? Because as children, we didn't require any reason to be happy. Simply run from here to there, happy. In fact, when the little one falls down, only if mummy or papa is there, it will cry. Otherwise, it will dust and continue to run. Happy for nothing. Only we need psychiatrists, psychologists, counseling, behavioral scientists to correct us. That little one will go to mummy and say, Mummy, can you play with me? Can't you see I'm working on the kitchen? Mummy says. The child doesn't go into depression. The child just looks at mummy and says, Cheap, eh? And goes. He is not willing to trade his happiness for anything. He runs straight there and he wants to now play with Asha and Asha is busy with something or Asha's cousin has come. These children, when cousin come, you are not their friend. When cousin goes, you again become their friend. So Asha does not want to play. The child doesn't go to a psychologist with withdrawal syndromes. Why nobody loves me? For one Asha also, cheaper. Goes and plays. Tries to reach out to the teddy bear. If he can get the teddy bear, okay. If he can't get the teddy bear, it's okay. The child will build his own imaginary world. I know what he does. But he is the hero of his movie. He is the villain of his movie. I realized, you also, me also, when we were four-year-olds, we also did not require a reason to be happy. Thinking we have grown up. Now we have brought in a lot of intellectual conditions to be happy. Now you feel only if this happens, I'll be happy. Only if that is achieved. And somehow lost the knack of happiness. To me, a person who is not happy is not intelligent. I don't care what you have studied and what you know. If you're not happy, because basic intelligence is you should be happy. If you're not happy, you're not intelligent. And people are strange, I'm telling you. I give them an opportunity to be happy. They don't want, they want one speech on happiness. <laughs> they want speech on God. You give them experience of God also, they don't want. There's such a beautiful story of how a Negro is very dejected and he's coming out of a church. And a caring gentleman comes and puts his hand around the Negro and asks him, why are you so dejected? And the Negro says, I love Christ so much, I want to go to the church, but they're saying because I'm a black, I'm not allowed inside the church. So why should they stop me from experiencing Christ whom I love so much? That's why I'm dejected. The man with the arms around the shoulders of the Negro says, you're not recognizing me, I'm Jesus Christ. They are not allowing me only inside the church. <laughs> How will they allow you inside the church? They have some concept of God and they are not allowing me inside. It always appears strange to me. I tell people laugh. They keep on looking. Ask them why you are not laughing. They are saying you first give the discourse on happiness. They want speech on happiness, knowledge on happiness. Coming from that background, 10 mark question, 20 mark question, annual exam. So everywhere, knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. People want to know more about God. You can't know more about God. You can know God or you don't know God. How will you know about God? If this is not giving you bliss, this whole setting, the sort of people you are sitting with, the sort of angels you are surrounded with, 
the freshness of an evening skies and the sort of purity that permeates this entire space. If this is not giving you bliss, no discourse will give you bliss. Such a beautiful setting sitting here as a response to that child's question, Uncle, do I need a reason to be happy? I said, I'll build a world where you will not need a reason to love. You will not need a reason to embrace truth. You should not need a reason to be happy. These all have to become the natural condition of you. One sugar cube came to me. Sugar cube? As a child, I used to steal it from hotels. Truth be told. And one sugar cube came to me and it said, Rajan, I want to be sweet. I asked the sugar cube, when you want to be sweet? Morning or evening? Sugar cube said, morning, evening, afternoon, all the time I want to be sweet. I asked this sugar cube, when you are in coffee you want to be sweet or when you are in tea you want to be sweet? It said, coffee, tea, bone vita, everywhere I want to be sweet. I asked this sugar cube, when you are there in the packet you want to be sweet? Or when you are there in the cup, you want to be sweet. Packet, cup, bottle, everywhere I want to be sweet. Then I told the sugar cube, so basically you are saying, under all circumstances, you want to be sweet. Sugar cube said, yes. I told the sugar cube, then there are only two possibilities. If all the time you want to be sweet, your very nature must be sweet. Otherwise, you can't be sweet all the time. Or, you are asking for the impossible. The sugar cube said, no, my very nature is sweet and went. Then the sugar cube asked me, then why I had to come to you? I told the sugar cube, where you are kept, lot of salt and pepper has fallen on you. I did not give you sweetness. I have just dusted that salt and pepper that was there on you and your nature emerged, which is sweet. Now I want to ask all of you this. When you want to be happy, morning or evening? When you want to be happy? Mm-hmm. When you want to be happy? When you are with the family or when you are in the ashram? Basically you are saying always you want to be happy. Then I want to tell you your very nature must be happiness. Otherwise you can't seek happiness all the time. So when do you want to love? Morning or evening? When you are alone or when you are with the others? Then your very nature must be love. So Rajan, if my very nature is bliss and love, then why we come to these Sangam, Saranam, Gachami? Why do we have to be seated with Buddham, Saranam, Gachami? Why do we need this Dhammam, Saranam, Gachami? In the life that you live there, lot of salt and pepper falls on you. You are exposed to a lot of unwanted conditioning. So every now and then you come here and he does some dusting. <coughs> so that you can go back and just live the nature that you are supposed to be bliss and love all the time I thought before I discuss anything I have a lot to discuss but before I do I thought I will take questions maybe you have some questions to ask on what we have been discussing or sheer curiosity you want to ask something maybe I thought I will take some questions if you don't have questions, then I'll discuss. You must be having questions. In all this forum, only first question takes time. After you ask the first question, questions don't stop only. Even if you want to go in the staircase also, then one more question, one more question they ask. Only first question takes time. So, 
and after the question we are going to dance for us holi starts little early so we are going to have two types of dancing one break free free instrumental dance for some time just to exp just to celebrate this moment of life and the second part to me is even more important we will do a devotional dance i will explain when we come to what the devotional dances i'll take some questions who wants to be the first one to ask a question no questions journey began by just seeing a suicide but i'm sure there must be a churning or seeking before that because you are just so beautifully simple and clear in what you give there must be so much more to it you can share <coughs> yeah i will <coughs> it looked like another day and the sun did rise that morning and a very selfish barrister who was not satisfied with what he was earning in india took up a project and settled in south africa to earn in rands and he boarded a train when he boarded the train it looked like just another day he traveled in the train and as he was traveling it looked like another day if that morning you had ever asked mohandas karamchand gandhi what do you want to be in life he would have said that i want to be the best barrister i would like to become a judge there was no way mohandas karamchand gandhi could have known on that day life was conspiring every circumstance for something to happen in that day you call it epiphany epiphany is at moment of divine intervention happens to you and completely changes the direction of your life and there is no way mohandas karamchand gandhi would have realized today that epiphany was going to happen to him and as he was traveling in the train and he was all that happened you know you have studied in your third standard and he was thrown into the platform even when he was thrown into the platform nothing happened but somewhere lying down in the platform and for the first time he experienced a fear like he has never experienced before he couldn't handle that indignity he was subjected to he couldn't resist but ask this question if this is what i go through as an individual what an entire nation must be going through that created the churning he didn't have churning before that that created a churning so within him there was an enormous when i talk about churning what happens is your entire chemistry undergoes a rearrangement internally your patterns change and somehow at that moment there is a divine intervention that happens which gives you the energy and creates a shift in your entire direction that moment is called the ever since moment ever since moment is up to that point there is one life ever since there is another life and that was the ever since moment from which a mahatma gandhi emerged i'll give you a few more examples before i come to my life but i want to share this story with you because a lot of you can relate to the story of what i'm speaking it seems at the bottom of a pond there were a colony of insects 
and every now and then one among that insect would climb up that lily stalk and disappear and would never come back they didn't know what is this phenomena where one amongst us every now and then disappears and never comes back and they wanted to know what it is so they had a discussion amongst themselves and they resolved the next one amongst us who will go up the lily stalk and disappear should come back and tell the rest of us what actually happens we resolved they took a promise as providential conspiracy it is the very one with gave that idea started finding itself climbing that lily stalk it went to the surface of the water it rested on that lily pad those lily leaves days went by a metamorphosis had happened and somehow it developed a compulsive urge within it to flap its wings and as it began to flap its wings it took off as a dragonfly that is when it knew that just an insect has now transformed itself into a dragonfly and it kept flying truly on top of the world darting the air enjoying this new freedom every now and then coming and resting in one of those lily pads once when it was resting in this lily pad and it looked down it saw a colony of insects in the bottom of the pond that's when it remembered i have a promise to keep so it took off from the lily pad touched the water took off again into the air came back and rested in the lily pad one more time and it had four realizations the first realization it had is now that i have become a dragonfly even if i want i can't go back to from where i have come transformation is transformation only when your own past looks like someone else's past i had 10 minutes with him on the way from mumbai to here and he was talking about his life see today you ask raman he would say that my own past looks like someone else's past this is an ever since life and that was a before life so the first realization he had is now that i have become a dragonfly even if i want i cannot go back to from where i have come that is what an ever since moment is the beginning of a mahatma gandhi he can no more go back to the life of a mohandas karamchand gandhi but i'll complete the remaining realizations and come back to your question it had a second realization which i'm sure a lot of you after becoming part of the ashram go through it seems it said even somehow if i go back they will no more recognize me in my new form you know how many of your friends are upset you have changed actually they should be happy you have changed in fact they say you are no more what you are you have changed kuch ho gaya for you why you went and that's what the dragon fly said even if i want to go back they will no more accept me in my new form because they can no more recognize me in your new form and all of you can relate to it three it said if i had not given up the comfort of being an insect i would have never become a dragonfly see there is a point in every person's life where you should dare to let go of your past so that you can become what you, what is growth growth is my willingness to give up who i am to become what i can be if you hold on to mohandas karamchand gandhi too tight you will never become mahatma gandhi if you continue to hold on to your past too tight you can never become what you can become 
See, sitting in a forum like this, I don't think any one of you should look back at your life and ask this question, from where to where I have come? That's not the question. From here where? From here where? Now that so much is happening to you, from here where are you going to progress in your life? If I had not given up the comfort of being an insect, I would have never become a dragonfly. Fourth realization. Then in what way can I be of use to those colony of insects? Because I came only from there. It's in the dragonfly said, if I keep flying as a dragonfly, one day inspired by the life that I'm living, one of those insects will also become a dragonfly. The greatest responsibility of becoming what you have become is continue to be an inspiring role model to a lot of other people who don't even know such a life is possible. And when you can demonstrate to them such a life is possible, many of those insects one day will get inspired and also become like this. A moment comes in everybody's life and the insect can become a dragonfly. It's called epiphany. Agnes, a school teacher, did not even think that she had the capability to become headmistress of a school. And yet the world got to witness a Mother Teresa. See, that morning when she got up as a school teacher, that morning when she dressed up as a school teacher, that morning when she was walking in the streets of Calcutta as a school teacher, she did not know what she can become. If that day you had gone and told Agnes, Agnes, you will start something which will one day feed 4 million people in 140 countries in the world, she would have asked about whom you are speaking. She wouldn't have known that life was already holding this conspiracy. Like what I said, you the speck of dust and me the speck of dust. Who could have stopped? See, I didn't even know there is something like this. He has not even heard of it. But yet in the script of life, already March 18th, 19th and 20th of 2011 was written together. In fact, just now Rupesh was saying, everything looks like a miracle. I said, Rupesh, miracle is not God fulfilling man's will. Miracle is man realizing God's will. <laughs> there is a part of a divine plan. We have to be together these three days. And it brings us together and creates. This moment we had to be together. And there is a plan. And there was a plan for me. I had no clue there was a plan for me. Absolutely no. Very poor. Didn't have enough clothes to wear. Didn't have enough to eat. I've seen mommy, papa really struggle in life for basic amenities. Mommy used to live with a haldi around her thread and that was her Mangal Sutra. I've seen father work very hard for 300 rupees per month. If we are hungry and we ask for dinner, mummy used to cry because there was no food to give. Somehow took this decision, I should be the last poor person in my life. My generations to come, nobody should be poor anymore. So I'll come up in life. That's all. Nothing more than that. And life led me through a lot of path, worked relentlessly, ensured in whatever work I took, I aspired to be the best that I can be, grew in life, money came, success came. All of us will realize the easiest thing in life is to earn money. And money came. Success came. Build and business of my own, build a software consultancy. 
and somewhere the suicide happened. When it happened, it only shook me. That time also I didn't know what I wanted to do, but it shook me. The churning he went through in the platform, the churning she went through when a man died in the streets of Calcutta, the churning a Narendra went through when his master kicked him in the chest to become a Vivekananda. A lot of churning happened. I was feeling guilty. How can you be happy alone in a world when people don't even know how to live and they're ending their life? How can you keep counting your own money when people don't even know how to wake up and live another day of life? Didn't have answers, had a lot of questions. One day unable to concentrate on work, October 28, 1994, to escape from my work, I went to a bookstore called Landmark Bookstore. That was the only bookstore that time in Chennai other than Hakim Botham's. Just scanning some books. I don't know what book I was scanning. But I read this Chinese quote. If a man is hungry and you feed him with fish, consciously I didn't want to share it here because it's a vegetarian forum. And I'm the biggest vegetarian. Even in a place like this, when a cake comes, I don't eat. I don't want to take a chance. But, but this was the quote, a man is hungry and you feed him fish, fish, you feed him for that day, teach him fishing, you feed him for the rest of his life. And somehow I felt when I read the second sentence, some force is telling me I should be a teacher in life. I still can't believe how I did that. A lot of people ask me, did you analyze? I tell them if I had analyzed, I wouldn't have done. I didn't analyze. In 10 minutes, I went back to my software consultancy. Ramanan was with me for all the five years from the day I started. I called Ramanan. I handed over the chair to him, made him the head of the organization, handed over the software consultancy, just walked out taking nothing. Some of believing another suicide will not happen where I am there. And I will do whatever I have to do. I didn't even know that time I can teach, I can create this. But I said I will not allow a suicide to happen. Then sitting and contemplating and then Alma Mater was born on February 14, 1995. Even then I didn't know meditation, even though I didn't know spirituality. But I went then with a lot of compassion. See, even in management parlance, I would tell people, when you take up a challenging role, the competence required for the role will be given. Will be given. And that is what happened to me. I went into the class, started teaching. There was not much. Then this child came and asked this question, Uncle, do I need a reason to be happy? Happiness became part of my teaching. And somewhere when I was taking the third batch, I hugged somebody and I saw tears in the eyes. Then I realized language of love is touch. And then I began to hug people. Then world started calling me voice of love. Then it grew into a loving forum. Everything evolved. Of course, the biggest magical moment came when May 1996 had gone to Bangalore for some program and after the program was over. And as I was coming out, the car that had to pick me up had not yet come. I was waiting for the car outside. And somewhere from behind the woods, a small bhajan was coming. I like music. I like music a lot. So somewhere I wanted to enjoy music, nearby a road by Chaiwala shop. I like tea. My name is T.T. Rangarajan, so I have to be loyal to my name. <laughs> so I like tea. So I just ordered for that glass of tea. And somewhere leaning against a tree, I always tell people one leg on the tree, one leg on the ground, sipping the tea, eyes closed. I was just enjoying that bhajan that was coming from somewhere. 
and it became the defining moment of my life. I opened my eyes four hours later.